You're listening to the Complete Human Podcast, hosted by co-founders Jana Breslin and Evan DeMarco. We share authentic conversations about wellness, longevity, personal growth, and bio-optimization, along with inspiring stories that encourage community and social responsibility. We hope you enjoy this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Complete Human Podcast with your hosts, Jana Breslin and Evan DeMarco. Uh, we're sitting here kind of fighting right now because <laughs> I think we've gone COVID stir crazy. Like, I yeah, it's just weird. Like, you're just acting all sorts of funky. You know, it's weird times. It is weird times. I know. You just can't blame each other, can't blame the world. I feel like we all get a pass this year. <clears throat> what does that look like? A pass? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. Although I know I hear that all the time now. People say this on social media. They're like, this year doesn't count. You know, this one, just whatever happens this year just isn't. It's a mulligan. Yeah. But it's not true. And that, and that's, there, there still is this desperate attempt. We've talked about this in this, in the past where people think that they're going to go back to this normal way of life. Mm-mm. And if COVID has done anything, it has hopefully woken us up to the idea that the way that we live has to change. And well, you posted about this yesterday. It has changed. It's fundamentally different now. I don't know if it'll ever be back to what we think it was. And it shouldn't be, right? We were sitting <clears throat> in our own cesspool of bad decisions. Like, why, why do we want to go back to that? Why do we want to go back to a toxic planet with polluted oceans and bad politics and just people being mean to each other. It's like, why, why do we pine for that? Like who looks back on 2019 with this? Like, yeah, we were crushing it. Well, I didn't think I was crushing it in 2019, but maybe <laughs> in hindsight, comparatively speaking, who knows? You know, this, this is our chrysalis moment, right? We're all a bunch of caterpillars getting ready to, uh, you know, climb into our chrysalis. And, Spread and, the wings! Yes, and hopefully emerge <laughs> as something better. And not to take anything away from the caterpillar, but the metamorphosis to our next evolution has to take place. I think that was actually one of the things that we wanted to talk about was our next evolution. It's a great segue. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we we watch this. We like to watch documentaries now or something. I guess I feel like this is like a topic of conversation for us now. But we watched Unnatural Selection. And it is a, what's like four-part series on all about genetic engineering. Mm-hmm. Fascinating stuff. Fascinating stuff. Like kind of a mind fuck because it's controversial, but you're still super intrigued. It's, I thought it was pretty good. It was, you know, it was great, and it it did a good job of shining a light on the potential as well as the pitfall. And think about Jurassic Park, right? You saw Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. You know, when when you first see the dinosaurs, you're like, holy shit, that was such an amazing moment, cinematic moment. And that came out of genetic engineering. It came out of our understanding of how DNA works, how we can replicate that, how we can use DNA as a code to create life. And a lot of people talk about that playing God. We'll get to that in a second. But there is this amazing potential with genetic engineering. Then CRISPR-9 came out, and we understood how we could piggyback genetic changes onto a bacteria and how quickly and rapidly we could do that. So now, as they talk about, or as Ian Malcolm talks about in Jurassic Park, is we've been so busy trying to figure out if we could, we haven't really stopped to think if we should. And so what does the next stage 
of human evolution look like? Now, we talked to an interesting gentleman today who, who brought this up, is, is that 300 years worth of, of you know, homo sapien evolution hasn't brought us to this point where this is where we're supposed to end up, right? We are supposed to continue to evolve, mm-hmm. and does genetic engineering play a part in that? Is that designer babies? Mm-hmm. Is that super soldiers? Is that, you know, you were born a certain way, and now we're going to change you, we're going to genetically modify you? Is that allowing people to live forever? So within the potential of genetic engineering comes a whole host of problems that we are so ill-equipped to deal with as a species. Well, I was just about to mention, you know, genetic engineering. Is this an idea? Is this a concept that excites you or is it kind of worrisome? It's a gun. A gun in the right hands, whether that's a police officer, and let's please not turn this into a Black Lives Matter (laughs) conversation, um, whether that's in someone hunting, is a powerful and useful tool. A gun in the hands of my six-year-old daughter is scary. Mm-hmm. And right now we're a bunch of six-year-old girls running around with this awesome power. Yeah. We don't know how to use it. We don't, we're not responsible for it. And we certainly uh, have no accountability to the future for the power that we're creating. Well, what, do you, well, what do you think on that? Um. I mean, it's exciting stuff. I think it's fascinating. I think that it can be used for a lot of good. I think my concern is also this, there's also so much unknown and so much, you know, research and science that we need to understand to to know what are the long-term consequences of, of this. What does our planet look like if people are living if everyone's living to like 300 years old, what happened, or, you know, and then what happens if everyone doesn't have disease or maybe they were cured of that disease, but then they got something else because of this genetic editing. And it's like, what does it look like? No one knows. But the interesting thing is in that documentary, they were saying that this is happening, whether we like it or not, there is going to be genetic engineering and these modalities it just, in in our society, this is going to happen regardless. So we it is happening. It is. Has it happened. is. It it has. Ha- and that's almost the craziest part is, I didn't necessarily know that people were in their garages injecting mice and dogs and, and or like themselves do, or themselves and like doing this kind of editing on themselves at home. And so this is out there already. This is already. I mean, who knows? Maybe the 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 rats running around here, the squirrels. Maybe they're not actually a hundred percent. Organic. Who knows? Well, and, and let's talk about it, right? Take a step back. You brought something up. Genetically modified organisms. GMO, mm-hmm. right? People get freaked out about that. Like, oh my God, my corn is GMO. My strawberries are GMO. Well, let's, you know, genetics have a way of, you know, plants, human beings, we have a, a way of evolving anyway, right? And that's going to be changes to our DNA. Mm-hmm. That's passed down from one generation to the next. And whether you're you know, a plant, whether you're a human being, whether you're a ni- rhinoceros, there are genetic changes that are passed down. So genetic modification is a natural thing. We're speeding that up exponentially. Mm-hmm. So yes, the squirrels out here, and they're, they're very muscular. <laughs> I'm not kidding. The other day, I, there, were, there was this one squirrel chasing another one. I could tell it was like a boy trying to get with the girl, and she was like not having it. I had to break up a squirrel fight in the backyard. Like, and I know that sounds insane, but I was out there, no, no, and trying to just split them up. Anyway. So, so you saved a you saved a squirrel from sexual assault. I did. Nice. And and she thanked me. She brought me a nut later. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no cinnamon, cinnamon. Right, cinnamon. So, the, 
let's again we t- we take a step back and we look at genetically modified crops and what does that mean? Mm-hmm. So we've got this technology. Uh, David Sinclair has taken a very altruistic approach to what happens as we start to implement some of these technologies, and he thinks that we'll rise to the occasion, mm-hmm. that we as a species can start to live longer and that we can start to be better stewards of our planet. I don't know, and and this is what scares me. Right? Is you take people who are very very let, let me put it this way. Human wants are infinite. Human resources are finite. So we always want everything, right? We want every experience. We want every food. We want all of these different things. The time frame of our life allows it or makes it impossible for us to have all of those. Mm-hmm. So we always have to balance the opportunity cost of our decisions. What I do today doesn't allow me to do something else, which means that on a long enough timeline, I might not get that experience. Mm-hmm. When we start to live longer... Or the potential of genetic engineering stipulates that we could live almost forever. That doesn't change. So the the, the wants are still infinite and the resources are still finite. Now, when you've got people generation after generation after generation all battling for the same resources on that long, long timeline, I think that we're ultimately going to fuck it up. Well, and and this brings up an interesting topic as we talk about how we want to live as long as we possibly can. I'd love to live to 150 or beyond, right? But what happens when, let's say, everyone lives that long? What what does that look like when people aren't dying? We're already overpopulated. What is it? I mean, I mean... It doesn't look pretty. It doesn't. And, And so then the question becomes... Does genetic engineering become only available for the uber-rich? What's that book that I'm listening to right now? Price of Time. Mm-hmm. Price of, I, don't know, I don't know who the author is. I forget the author's name. But I'm listening to a book called The Price of Time on Audible, and it's this exact topic. Mm-hmm. I'm, still, I'm still in the middle of it, so if you want to kind of explain maybe what that idea is. or Well, the concept is simple, right? Is, is a scientist comes up with the idea to stop the aging process. Mm-hmm. And he, they recognize, or the group of scientists recognize, that they can't release the technology on the planet. It's irresponsible of them because human beings are not equipped to deal with immortality. Mm-hmm. So they take it amongst themselves, and then they utilize that to do exactly what you think people would do with, with forever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like they're off saving baby seals every single day. There's a... There's a darker side to humanity. And, and as much as we rise to the occasion, always, we seem to find a way. That's, that's in our DNA. When I, I guess we have to ask is, is that ability to rise, is that ability to overcome predicated a little bit on the knowledge that ultimately we're going to die? And if you take that away, do we become so apathetic to the human condition that we just don't give a fuck anymore? Mm-hmm. Like, does it become anarchy Mm -hmm. and science fiction we talked about this earlier science fiction always has this way of becoming kind of a cautionary tale for this and all of these stories that that talk about immortality all kind of lead to the same thing is it doesn't end well right well there's the immortality in the living longer aspect and then there's also the genetic modifications for superhuman strength for intelligence for certain looks for Anything like that. And then so so maybe take longevity aside. What what happens when humans are now superhumans and they're and they're out there and they're not technically all natural? Um, all right, so if if I could if I could genetically 
alter you, what would you want? Oh, it would be for like a limitless mind and brain and just a completely, just, 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 I, I would never lose a memory. I would never, I, I could retain every single possible thing that I read. I could remember any possible thing that ever happened. It would be, it, for me, it would be cognitive. It'd be mental. Cool. What about you? Smaller penis. My back is just <laughs> killing me. <laughs> oh, yeah, that happened. Yeah, that happened. Cinnamon. <laughs> oh, but God, for, my back. <laughs> but for real, like what, you know, what would... What would my superpower be? Yeah. If if you could genetically engineer yourself to be better or optimal in any way, what what would that be? I'm going to answer a question with a question. So, you know, guys, of you know, the guys out there watching, you know that ultimately when you get together with a bunch of other guys and you start drinking, it devolves into the dumbest conversations of all time. Now, guys, especially one of my friends who's a jock or used to be a jock or thinks he's an athlete would always ask questions like this. Well, if you, if you, you know, if you could choose between your kid being an athlete or being smart, which would you choose? And I always said smart, right? Absolutely. One, without reservation. Athletic ability can be taken away. Accidents, injury, things like that. Mm. So in this situation, when I, when, I, when I think about this is what is essential to stand the test of time? What gives the most robust human experience? And I think it is cognitive. I think that your ability mm. to process information, to to disseminate information, to think critically, to you know expand the frontiers of, of the human experience through our own cerebral capacities is is what really gives us the greatest contribution to to humanity. So yeah, mm. I mean, I would absolutely say like dial me up to an Einstein level yeah. type of thing. Yeah, if you can genetically modify me to be genius level, I would I would take that all day. Totally. Yeah. So then, do you the want a smaller penis? <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. So, also, I mean, so these are our choices. But what are our thought? What are what are your thoughts on maybe implementing these into children, people that don't necessarily have the choice? What if they don't want to be an athlete? What if they? I don't know. I'm just thinking. What if they wanted brown eyes and you gave them blue? It's like. Well, it, is that okay to, to, to then subject your child or, or, you know, someone that doesn't necessarily have a say and, and have them change fundamentally? Let's turn that around and look at it in a different sense. If you could stop, if you knew that genetically you were going to pass a deficit onto your kids, sickle cell anemia, right. Alzheimer's, something like that, and we could go in and we could change that. Mm -hmm. Is that the child's choice to rid themselves of the potential of a, a lifetime of disease? Right. The answer is no. Mm -hmm. So when we start playing God in that respect, it's kind of the what's goose for, good for the goose has got to be good for the gander. So, yeah, I don't have a problem with it, right? Like if my kid is pissed at me because when they turn 20, they're like, I wish I would have had blue eyes instead of brown. I'm like, go screw yourself. <laughs> like you don't have sickle cell anemia. <laughs> right. you, deal with it. you can bench press a Buick. Right. So I, I think it, it, it ultimately comes down to what is our value proposition going to be? Why are we genetically modifying people? Mm -hmm. But I also think, like, what is the limit, right? Mm -hmm. Because if we know that all of these genes, this DNA is just on and off switches, you know, we can, pre, we can reprogram someone to be bigger, faster, stronger, smarter. We can reprogram people to, you know, dial down their empathy or their apathy genes so they're, they're better soldiers. They're, you know, like all of these different things. Like at what point does it become too much? Mm -hmm. And at what point do we evolve from human beings into almost cyborgs? Right. 
And, and this is where I'm kind of a little caught in between. I'm not sure where I stand. This excites me, and I think there's so much good and positive and, and, and a lot of benefit that can come from this. However, I can also see it being taken too far where the the human aspect is taken out of humanity. And then, I don't know, I you know me, I kind of love like just organic, natural things. and Squirrels. And, and squirrels and plants and stuff. <laughs> so it, it excites me in that way because I think there's a lot of amazing potential. It also worries me because I can see it being taken too far and some stuff like that. And then how, how does that affect how does that, how does that affect the globe after that? I mean, I mean, honestly, if, if everyone's turned into like a cyborg and kind of just superhuman, you know, people with no feelings and no fear and all that, it's like, what is, what does that look like? Yeah. Good question. And you know, you're always going to have like the, it's going to be like the anti-vaxxers or the anti, you know, people who they don't do it. There's going to be the people who can't afford it. So you're going to have this you're going to have this disparity. The people who do genetic engineering for their own benefit, mm-hmm. you're going to have the people who don't for choice, and then you're going to have the people who don't because they can't. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think back to that Justin Timberlake movie with Amanda Seyfried where it's like, you know, you're born with the, the watch in your wrist, and it's called, it's called oh, like in time. And it's like a countdown or to yeah. when your day is, yeah. And one of the rich people in the movie said, you know, for many to live, or for a few to live forever, many must die. And there's, there's an element to that but what we're seeing with CRISPR editing is that it's become democratized in the sense that you can buy a, a CRISPR kit and do it in your garage, right? Right. Now, all of these kit companies are saying, well, this is for educational purposes only, but there was that guy who ended up injecting himself on Facebook, the AIDS patient, mm, trying to... Right. So this is one of those things, guys. I mean, like, we wanted to have a fun conversation about genetic engineering and where does this lead. But it really opens up the idea that we have to be responsible with technology and we have to be educated. And then we have to kind of decide where do we want our future to go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and that 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 is the thing because this is happening whether we like it or not. Yeah. <laughs> and I know most, the majority of our, what we think, we, we like this idea. Um, but I also think that it's, I'm also more comfortable when I know more of the facts and the science. Like, okay, well, what are the side effects and stuff like that? And Well, and that's the thing. If we get really good at genetic engineering, you can almost mitigate them, theoretically. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we talked... Then, to- yeah, whoever we interviewed, you know, today, it was... We, we discussed that. Like, we are technically, genetically engineering ourselves. We've, we've been doing it with pharmaceuticals, with vaccines, with, with all these things that are modifying our insides little by little, and then, I mean, it just, we, you change. Fundamentally, you change, and the species changes over time mm-hmm. when you keep injecting stuff like that. <laughs> I'm not an anti-vax or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, you know, we, we, we everything can be modified, especially over time, mm-hmm. you know? Well, it, there's a conversation that's taking place in the world right now about the RNA-based vaccines that are, you know, for COVID. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of misinformation about what that does. You know, does that change our DNA? No. Um, you know, does it allow the vaccine to be more effective? Conceivably. And, and you know, there, there's a lot of just basic high school science, but there's a lot of you know, higher-end science. And what do these things do? You know, should we be concerned? Of course we should be concerned. We're, we're jamming a vaccine through a you know, a regulatory agency right. in the quickest Quickly. time yeah. in history. 
So we should be concerned about it. But we also have to get to the point where if we don't allow these technologies to flourish and grow at the exponential rate in which they do, there's going to be the fringe component. And I, and I actually want to talk about like abortion, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the same but completely different in the sense that when we outlawed abortion, what happened? It didn't stop abortions. It just drove people into dangerous back alley abortions where you know, doctors, people who weren't doctors were performing these things. Mm-hmm. So the quality of care went completely down. People were dying. People were you know, unable to reproduce after the fact. Right. So when we, when we start to police and regulate a technology that becomes so widely available, what do we do is we put it into the shadows and in the shadows it can flourish as a completely negative thing. Right. So part of it is how does, an F, how does the FDA, a government body that is filled with amazing people trying to do a job but still a very large bureaucratic agency keep up with the technology? And the answer is that they don't. But we have to kind of operate in this gas and brake concept, right? Like science is the gas, regulation is the brake. You can't drive a car without both of those. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's my two cents. You might have just overpaid. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that before. It's <laughs> a good one. Yeah, and and that's it's a fascinating topic because this is happening whether we like it or not. People mm-hmm. are doing it in their garages and their backyards, and they're you know even injecting animals into the wild that are now and they're procreating so who knows actually how inundated we are with just this this thing and it's a runaway technology that we're not gonna we're not gonna understand for years Mm -hmm. so Uh, if it's happening regardless what you know i don't and I'm, i'm sure there's there are organizations and everything happening to where we can do this properly but it is it is a thing where it is being done outside of (laughs) <laughs> scientific laboratories and um and if genetic power is the most powerful power that we've ever wielded as a species mm-hmm. do these become extinction level events does the guy who wants to genetically modify mice in you know wherever it was new zealand uh or no he wanted to genetically modify rats so they would stop killing the bird population like, mm-hmm. what happens right like you think it's a benign right. thing we're just going to do this small tweak um, to help this one thing, yeah, and then but what is a the chain effect. reaction, right? Yeah. What is the reaction down the road? And who knows? I mean, that's... That's where it gets into playing Jesus Cristo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're right. Well, cool. I mean, what, what else do we want to talk about with genetic engineering? I don't know. My back hurts. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we got to get, get your um, your treatment. <laughs> 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 all right guys this is kind of one of those random conversations yeah. but it's you know we, we've been talking a lot about it and as covid has forced us to watch a little bit more tv than i think we're <laughs> used to um it's brought up some interesting conversations it's brought up some interesting <clears throat> ideas especially as it pertains to technology that was once thought you know centuries away but is now really kind of staring us in the face and so as mm-hmm. michael Crichton wrote in 1990 about dinosaurs that came out about a genetic engineering we're only 30 years from that yeah from that moment so um, you it's know, here. It's here. It's right on our doorstep, and you can actually order it on your doorstep. <laughs> and, and we don't recommend that. Right. Uh, but if you do, send us pictures. Right. Let us know how it goes. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we're going to start a Facebook, uh, you know, an Instagram thread on this one. If you could genetically modify yourself to do one thing, what would it be? Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah. 
So make sure to uh, make sure to to jump in on the Instagram page um, and the the MySpace page and, and <laughs> the YouTube, all that. Yeah, yeah, let us know. I mean, if if you could be genetically engineered and have something fixed or enhanced or whatever, what would it be? We we say the mind. Yeah. I I like that we said that. I actually didn't know what I was gonna say going into that. I've never thought about that before. What would I do? And I'm I'm happy that I think that way. I'm happy that it chose my mind. I'm happy you thought that too. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that we can do. Actually, before we sign off, there's a really great book and I will, I'm going to put it in the show notes because I, I don't remember the name of it, but it was, it dealt with this subject and what the government did was they regulated through, I, I don't even know what the mechanism mm-hmm. was, is that each new genetic edit would cost exponentially more. So the average person mm-hmm. could afford one. One. The super rich could afford two, and then like the Bill Gates and the Elon Musk of the world could maybe afford three. Mm-hmm. And then some guy finds a way to work around that, and he does like a million modifications and becomes Superman type of thing. But it was it was a very interesting concept of maybe that's the economic way to do it is is that you're only limited mm-hmm. to like one modification. So that's a cool question, right? If you could only have one thing. You know, we can go in and genetically modify you for anything. What is that? Yeah. Fascinating topic. We love it. Yeah. We're science geeking out a little bit. We are. Cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this was just a weird, you know, fun <laughs> uh, genetic modification episode of the Complete Human Podcast with your host. Jana Breslin. And Evan DeMarco. Make sure to listen and subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever platform you choose, but although nobody else listens to anything besides <laughs> iTunes. Sorry, anybody else. It's it's just the one to do it at, yeah. It's the one. Um, Also, definitely make sure on YouTube we've got some fun stuff coming up there, including a blooper and gag reel, which I'm excited to share. Um, Mainly it's just her. We like to have fun. We like to have fun. Yeah. What am I about? (laughs) We should just end this now. (laughs) See you next week. Bye, guys. Thank you for tuning in to the Complete Human Podcast. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, rate and review us to help spread the word. For articles, videos, and more, connect with us at completehuman.com. Until next week, we wish you health and happiness.